I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. I'm always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Martin Cole Morgan on the line. He is a CEO and Chief Investment Officer over at Serenity Alternative Investments. Uh, Martin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Adam. So I'm excited to get into what you're doing over at uh, Serenity Alternative Investments and how exactly you're helping your clients um, achieve their results. Um, but before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. How did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so my background, Adam, I think you can go all the way back to my college days when I figured out at some point that I was really fascinated by the stock market. And I was getting a degree in quantitative economics, and I thought it might be a good way to get into the industry. And I was lucky enough right out of school to get a job with a company called Quantitative Services Group, or QSG. And at QSG, we, we built models that were designed to pick stocks kind of in a strategic fashion. So if you wanted to buy value stocks, we had a model for buying value stocks. If you wanted to buy growth stocks, we had a model for buying growth stocks. If you wanted to buy quality stocks, high quality stocks, we had a model for that. Uh, and it was a really fascinating way to view the stock market. It was a great place to start to learn about the industry. Um, but at some point, I also wanted to understand a little bit better how companies worked. So from a more bottom-up perspective, um, when, you're, when you're taking a fully quantitative view of the stock market, you're really taking a top-down view and looking at the characteristics of the company, but not necessarily what the company did, how those data points were being generated. So in the second portion of my career, I ended up uh, at a portion of Deutsche Asset Management on the long-only REIT desk. We had about $7 billion in AUM while I was there, and that was really a bottom-up education in the REIT market. Um, and when I say bottom-up, I mean learning how REITs work, which are REITs short for real estate investment trusts, so they're companies that own large commercial real estate portfolios, and going to visit their portfolios, going to look at the individual buildings that REITs own, so that meant doing everything from touring self-storage facilities to warehouses to data centers to multifamily apartment buildings, and really learning that business again from the ground up. So learning these portfolios asset by asset, learning the, getting to know the management teams, learning how they thought about real estate investing, and again, really bottom up, deep dive type view of, again, how the, at the end of the day, the stock market works and how these individual companies work within the stock market. So fast forward today to today, what we're doing at Serenity is, kind of combining both of those two viewpoints. So taking the, the quantitative, the top-down lessons that I learned in the first part of my career and melding them with the really bottom-up, deep-dive fundamental work that I did at Deutsche Bank for a long time. Mm. And so, obviously, you've been in the industry for quite some time now, and I know a lot has changed um, since you entered. If you were to... Um, there's a lot of people listening to this that are maybe thinking about when we think about finance, I like to think of two different tracks, the, the tracks, there's a, 
guys that are behind the scene doing the actual analysis, and then there's also the, the people that are typically in front, the advisors that are on the front lines that are bringing in the clients. Um, you've been in the past uh, definitely on the quant side, the back end, and you're, you're a CFA. So that being said, if you were giving advice to that new college grad that wants to go the more um, analytical route and be behind the scenes, um, what would be your advice to them in getting their feet wet in the industry? That's a great question. I think one of the most important things to to know about yourself at that age is learning, I think, is the most important thing. So whatever way you can absorb knowledge the fastest is really the route I think you want to take. And for me, I was really fortunate in both of the companies that I worked for out of school. I worked with really smart people that were real experts in what they did. And I think that's the best way to learn. So it's, it's tough sometimes to find, you know, a group that's going to be really good to learn in, but that's going to be the best environment, I think, if you're coming right out of school looking to really, really build a foundation for your career. It's finding a team that's really good in their space and learning how their processes work, how they develop them, why they do what they do, uh, and really finding people that take pride in their work. That was one of the things that was really impressed on me uh, at both of my previous careers, um, was that really learning how to build work that you're really proud of, uh, and whether that means writing code or just using Excel and doing analysis or pitching stocks, whatever it is that you're, that you're kind of specializing in, you know, really learning how it's done by someone that's really good at it and then recreating or putting your own spin on that process and taking pride in what you do. Mm, love it. Uh, so, Martin, let's talk a little bit. Let's transition a bit. I want to get more into what you're doing over at uh, Serenity Alternative Investments. Uh, so, what kind of clients are you helping, and uh, how are you helping them achieve their goals? Yeah, Serenity, Adam, we're, we're really real estate investors at the end of the day. Uh, one of the core pillars of our investment philosophy is that high-quality commercial real estate assets over time generate really powerful risk-adjusted returns. Uh, our clients then are also real estate investors. Uh, we just help them do it in a way that's a little bit less traditional, I would say, and that's through the REIT market. Uh, so I mentioned REITs earlier, real estate investment trusts. Um, the key difference between investing in a REIT or publicly traded REIT and investing in the private real estate market is just that you're owning a portion or share in a company that owns a large real estate portfolio as opposed to owning a building or an asset yourself. Um, and we invest through the REIT market because it gives you a few advantages to the private real estate market that I find really important. The first of which is liquidity, right? If you're looking to invest in a large commercial building, it takes a lot of time to buy a building, it takes a lot of time to sell a building, and it takes a lot of money to be able to do that, right? If you want to buy a warehouse, you need, you know, five to $10 million a lot of times. If you want to buy a high-rise multifamily building, you could need 20 to 100, $200 million. The REIT market is really interesting because it, it allows you to invest in large portfolios that have similar cash flow profiles to assets like those, uh, but you can do it in a liquid vehicle. So you can go on to the stock market and buy a share of Avalon Bay, for instance, and own a really high-quality multifamily apartment portfolio. 
You can buy shares in Prologis and own some of the best quality warehouses, one of the biggest, most global warehouse portfolios that exists. And you can do it, you know, with the snap of your fingers, right? You can trade them on a daily basis if you like. You can hold them for a long time, but they're liquid is the important part. So you can get move money in and out of space really quickly. Second advantage is that these portfolios are really diversified. So again, if you own Prologis, you not only own a single warehouse in a single market, which you may be limited to if you're investing in individual buildings, but you own a portfolio of warehouses across the globe. Uh, and we think that's really important from a risk standpoint because a diversified real estate portfolio over time should have a much better risk-adjusted return than, say, an individual building. So just to kind of back up, you know, we're investing in the REIT market. We're, we're real estate investors, again, at heart. The REIT market, the REITs tend to own really high-quality commercial real estate assets. So we're investing in high-quality commercial real estate that's got really transparent, stable cash flow streams. Uh, and then we do it with a quantitative framework, which is kind of the last wrinkle of what we're doing at Serenity, which is instead of investing using a more discretionary fundamental view, we tend, we've built a model that looks at the history of REITs and says, okay, what are the best indicators for future REIT performance? And then we've used that to triangulate uh, and build this model that tells us where to invest in the REIT market at any given point. Are there any trends that you're noticing um, overall in the REIT market right now? Yeah, so the last 12 months or so in the REIT market has really been about uh, flight to safety, Adam. As you've seen, economic data kind of peaked in the middle of last year, has steadily gotten a little bit worse throughout the last 12 months, and the REIT market performance has reflected that. And what I mean by that is you've seen the best performance in sectors that tend to be more safe haven type of sectors and sectors that have high correlations with the bond market. So healthcare REITs have done really well over the past 12 months. And healthcare REITs tend to move in lockstep or an in inverse lockstep with the 10-year treasury yield. So as the 10-year has come down from right around three to just under 2%, the healthcare REITs have done really well because they move in the opposite direction. They go up when the 10-year yield goes down. Same thing with the, the net lease REITs. They tend to be levered a little bit to the 10-year yield, so they've done extremely well. Um, and they're seeing, again, it's kind of a safe haven investment in the space. Uh, the flip side of that trade has been the lodging REITs have done poorly over the last 12 months. And the lodging or the hotel companies tend to be the most hyper-cyclical of all the different REIT property types. They have the lowest margins, and as you know, in a hotel, you know, you're turning over the rooms, you know, every day or every few days, whereas in something like a healthcare lease, you may have, you know, uh, from the senior housing perspective, you know, five, ten-year leases with operators. You have much more certain cash flows. The net lease companies tend to have 10-plus-year contracts with their tenants, so the cash flows are extremely steady in that business, uh, whereas they're very much more variable in the lodging business. So. As economic data has gotten worse, people have, investors have flocked to kind of the safer REITs, the healthcare REITs and the net lease names at the expense of the hotel names. I'd say that's the, probably the most pronounced trend over the last 12 months. So an investor listening to this, just to recap, and uh, different ways to hold, to hold, um, to hold real estate. Obviously there's owning it. Um, you know, if you go out and purchase it yourself, 
some of the drawbacks, uh, large amount of capital needed to do that. Uh, and some, some, I like that you broke down what was happening in different REIT markets. It's not like you're just going to go buy a hospital. <laughs> well, most mm -hmm. people, I should say, you know, most people are, are Bill Gates, yes, you can go buy a hospital. Um, not, not a problem. Um, but most people aren't yep. going to have that type of exposure. Um, you know, so some of these other things, are, um, could you comment on diversification, um, specifically within and, and how REITs um, are better suited, in my opinion, for diversification versus sometimes owning the individual asset. Yeah, absolutely. There's really two main ways that REITs give you diversification. The first is what I touched on earlier, which is the geographic diversification that you get with the REITs. So the majority of REIT portfolios are pretty well diversified across the United States. They have some REITs tend to focus in certain regions. For instance, you can have REITs that are focused in California or REITs that are focused on the coasts. But even within those REITs, there's diversification across markets, across sub-markets. You're going to have a portfolio that when a sing if a single asset does poorly, it doesn't have an outsized impact on your overall returns. Uh, the second way REITs are diversified is that the REIT space is large and varied. So there are over 200 equity REITs. We break the space down into 19 different property types. So what you can do is not only assemble a geographically diversified portfolio, but also a portfolio that's diversified across different real estate property types. Uh, and within that, another added benefit is that you can get exposure to property types that are much more difficult to find in the private market. So the data centers and the cell towers are a great example of that, right? In a traditional real estate portfolio or even a core real estate fund, you're probably going to own the, the major food groups, which are multifamily or apartments, office, retail, maybe some warehouse. Um, those are kind of the largest institutional real estate groups. But within the REITs, you can, again, you can go to the data centers, the cell towers, the self-storage companies, uh, the single-family rental companies are a newer subsector within the REITs, which are companies that have you know, went out after the downturn and bought up a lot of houses and now rent them out. So you can really express a lot of different bets, almost an infinite number of bets within real estate using the REIT market. And at the same time, to your diversification point, you can assemble really quickly a very well-diversified portfolio, both from a geographic and a property type perspective, just by buying five different companies. No, I love it, and um, and that's one of the big things that I um, I, I tell people when considering uh, REITs is really that uh, diversification piece. Um, and even if you do choose to hold individual properties, um, it's just even a good way to balance out that portfolio. Um, going back to you know all the things you mentioned, geography. Maybe you purchase close to where you live, but you don't want all of your real estate exposure you know close to where you live, um, even if it is a great market. Um, and then the other mm -hmm. things in terms of what where you're actually getting your cash flows from and kind of balancing those out, and which you so well um, illustrated in terms of some sectors doing better than others. Um, so, if Martin, if somebody's uh, listening to this and they want more information on Serenity Alternative Investments, what's the best way for them to get it? LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, and then our website is a great source of information as well. It's serenityalt.com, www.serenityalt.com. Uh, right. My contact information is on the website. And, uh, yeah, those are great ways to reach out to us. 
All right, perfect. Well, uh, Martin, thank you for coming on the show and uh, educating us uh, a little bit more about your background and, of course, about what's going on in the REIT market. And to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And Martin, thanks again for coming on. 